And good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of JMU Sound Off. I am Jonathan McNamara coming to you today from Richmond, Virginia, six days out officially from the start of the 2023 college football season for your James Madison Dukes as the Dukes will kick off Saturday against Bucknell. And we'll talk about that tonight. Uh, but want to just say thank you for everybody who tuned into our episodes this week. And if you haven't had a chance to catch our conversations with uh, Cliff Wood from the Montpelier Collective, also Percy Ajay Obese, who joined us last Sunday. Um, great discussions on a number of topics related to JMU football. We heard a lot of great feedback uh, about the episode related to the Montpelier Collective. Uh, and just want to thank everyone who uh, accepted Steve Brown's challenge uh, and made a contribution to the Montpelier Collective. Um, your efforts to make a donation to the Montpelier Collective will help student athletes at James Madison. Uh, and if you're somebody who's hearing about Steve's challenge for the first time, you can still make a gift uh, at montpelliercollective.com. And I know Cliff and the team over there I will very much appreciate your donation and support of JMU. And remember that the Montpelier Collective will be doing a kickoff event this week uh, at 2 p.m. in F lot spot 150. So if you're somebody who is interested in learning more about the collective, stop by. There's going to be live music uh, as well as giveaways. And I know Cliff mentioned that there will be some coaches on hand to share their perspective on why it's so important uh, and to greet donors as well here at uh, JMU in the first weekend of kickoff at Madison, as we're all excited for opening week. And with that, we want to bring in the other members of our sound off team, two of which were joining us from the beach tonight. We've got Taylor Atkins uh, sporting some seafood. We know in the green room prior to the broadcast, Steve Brown uh, from Sandbridge. And then Michael and I are just, you know, doing the usual. So we didn't get the invite or, or the, I didn't get the beach house memo this weekend. <laughs> we'll have to think about that for next season, or yeah. maybe, we'll, maybe we'll all get together at the beach house in, uh, in Myrtle beach this, this year for the coastal game. Uh, but Don't tell me a good time. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Yeah. The so Taylor, Steve, how are you guys doing? Doing great down here in the outer banks. Uh, we are supposed to be here for a week, but leaving a day early so we can get back to Harrisonburg for the first game of the 2023 season. Look at, looking forward hey, to seeing you. In we're down at Sandbridge. I got the three grandkids here. We're going to get awesome. out of here probably a little bit early because of the storm that's heading this way. Um, and so my challenge is I was matching $1,000 for the first $1,000 that was donated to the collective. And within 90 minutes, Wednesday night, my challenge had been met. So um, go ahead, please still give it to the collective so we can still uh, help some more student athletes. That's enough for the commercial level. Turn it over. There we go. And with that, we're we're Michael. I know you want to get right to the questions, but uh, I I know you're. Are you also going to be there on Saturday? I just want to make sure that you're definitely going to be in Harrisburg for Week One, just in case Ooh. everybody's paying attention. You gotta put me on the spot, John. No, put me it's on so, the spot. I couldn't remember if you were able to make Week One or not. I know no. you're obviously going for Week Two. Yeah. So unfortunately, we got some family coming in town okay. for Week One versus Bucknell, but I will be tuned in from afar. I will be there. We're gonna have that post game, pre game at. For UVA the following weekend as well, so um, no doubt you'll be you'll you'll be be we're okay. <laughs> you'll be you'll be charting away at home with probably a better vantage point, so you can give people better insight for our recap. You you might 100%. be in a better position to analyze what's on the field. So awesome. Well, with that, we want to bring out our first guest on tonight's episode. We are all very excited. This is uh, when we sat down. Uh, in the past, talking about what we wanted to do with JMU Sound Off, there was a name that um, all of us kept mentioning that we wanted to have on the discussion. Uh, Vadley, uh, former quarterback of James Madison and and one of the all-time great people uh, that has ever worn a JMU jersey and continues to do amazing work off the field um, in his efforts, not just engaging with JMU, but engaging with college football programs around the country. So, Vad, um, welcome to JMU Sound Off. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me on tonight. 
Well, it's a pleasure. So, Vad, real quick, um, give JMU fans just an update on, on where you are in your life now that you um, are um, no longer in Harrisonburg. I know, obviously, you've done some great work um, both playing uh, the game still, but also um, contributing by um, advancing uh, kind of the interactions that you have with college athletes, um, just the, the personal side of the game, the spiritual side of the game. So just uh, give us a little update on, on where you are. Yeah, um, so live in Maryland. Uh, my wife is here finishing up dental school at, at Howard um, University. She has one more year to go. So uh, we're in the DMV, um, but I'm a little bit of everywhere. Um, um, played in the USFL, just finished up my season, um, season two in the USFL um, about a couple of months ago. And um, that went that went extremely well. And, um, and then since the season ended, I've just been traveling, going around and speaking all over the country. Um, have had some pretty cool um, engagements with uh, Clemson and got a chance to go to East Carolina over there with Mike Houston and go speak to their team and just really helping um, guys understand their purpose in life and understand their purpose on the field and uh, just giving them that inspiration, motivation, and also that spiritual uh, connection as well. Fad, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Hey, Vad. Uh, awesome. Uh, I don't know if you had any audio issues, but number one, you know, thank you again for joining us. Like honored to be like even on the same line as as a JMU legend like you. Um, so really appreciate it. My question always goes back to like, you know, I think about your career at Georgia Tech coming out of North Carolina and then thinking about the opportunity you had to come to JMU. You know, Ever Withers, fresh. I think he just came out of his job as like a defensive coordinator at Ohio State, came to JMU as a head coach. Um, definitely had you targeted pretty early from what it, what it seems when he brought you in, but love to kind of hear like why JMU and what brought that opportunity in front of you. Yeah. Uh, Coach Withers had a big influence in that decision. I'm actually, I'm from North Carolina, Durham, North Carolina. And um, at the time coach Withers was at UNC Chapel Hill. And that was kind of like my dream school where I wanted to go and uh, things just didn't work out there. And um, then, you know, coach Withers got word that he was um, becoming the, head coach at JMU at the same time um, I was trying to figure out if I was going to stay um, con continue to compete um, in ACC as a starting quarterback at Georgia Tech but ultimately decided that I wanted to develop as a passer and I knew exactly uh, what type of offense they were going to be running um, I knew that you know I think at the time they had Braxton Miller at quarterback at Ohio State and they were doing some really cool things with him under the center and um, so I, I was like man I can definitely see myself um, progressing in that in that level in that offense and and uh, making some really good production and then when I went to visit JMU uh, my high school coach actually took me Antonio King and um, and I remember us pulling up on Hillside Avenue and a little bit about me. I also went to Hillside High School where we won the state championship in Durham, North Carolina. And that was just kind of symbolic for me at the time. As you know, you're looking for signs and wonders and, and just looking for, you know, indicators of why you should, you, why you would choose a school. And um, we turned on Hillside Avenue, then we made another turn and I saw um, that beautiful stadium Right. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm transferring down question mark like this. This is not necessarily down the down that I envisioned. And um, man, it was just really cool. First class, great coaches. And uh, JMU is amazing school and, um, right there, you know, in the mountains is beautiful. So um, I think I made a great choice in JMU. Oh, that, that's awesome. And I love hearing like what are those little tidbits, right, that like made you change your mind or made you confirm right your decision? 
Um, you know, we like to think that in 2023, Jamie was as big, the brand was national like it was in 2014, 2015, um, but definitely was a different time, right? We were going through a coaching change, different players were coming in and out. Love to kind of hear like what, you know, you mentioned like the coaching staff, the stadium, but you know, what stood out about Jamie and said, hey, this is the right decision for me? Yeah. Um, yeah. Jamie, you, you know, really have been playing at a high level. I've, I've heard of James Madison um, previously before when I was in high school, um, but really didn't really follow the program too much. But when I started doing my research, um, you know, as a quarterback, you got to do your research. And I knew that this decision that I was making, I knew that this would be my final decision. Uh, when I trans the, the transfer rules were a bit different back in the day. Um, so I knew that this would be my final decision and that's it, you know, so I had to go all in and, 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 and had to, it had to be right. So I remember those days of, even, you know, still being a student at, at Georgia Tech, I remember looking up the roster. And one of the things that intrigued me about James Madison is that the whole entire offensive line um, averaged about 6'6". And um, I remember thinking, right, with me being a 6'2 quarterback, I remember thinking, like, I, Russell Wilson uh, transferred from NC State and then went to Wisconsin. And he's shorter than me, but he went to Wisconsin. I remember all the talk was about – him being a short quarterback, how is he going to fit, you know, playing behind this NFL type of line? And uh, for me, that was a that actually played a big part in my decision because I knew that I'll be behind some great, talented, big guys up front. Um, so that, you know, those are just little things that I can remember from my decision, but also just, you know, the how big time JMU was and, and even the vision of where they are now. I could see that back then. And, and it was conversations about those things happening then. So um, it's pretty cool to see where they are now. You know, Vad, you were, you're talking all, all these comments about what led you to coming to JMU um, and kind of talking about the brand behind it. I want to get into a week that probably had a lot of highs and lows for you. Um, college game day and the brand behind that means so much to college football. It's probably the biggest thing about college football off the field. And, um, you know, it, it meant a lot to a lot of JMU fans when college game day announced that they were coming to Harrisonburg. So if you don't mind, walk me through uh, leading up to that week, the week itself, and then obviously, you know, how, how the game went for you personally and, and for the team. I, I'd love to hear your perspective on all of that. Amazing. Um, amazing. One of the best days of my football life. Um, you know, it was really cool because going into that SMU game, um, you know, I, I before I get to that, the, the college game day, I'll, I'll share a little bit about SMU. I knew that um, for me, playing in the ACC as a starting quarterback, and and we, you know we were doing well once one of won some big time games in the ACC. Um, you know, I knew that this was my opportunity or my last opportunity to play on that level. And what I mean, because SMU was you know D one A and and we're double A and FCS whatever. Um, so you know, I'm, I'm like, man, you know, this is my final opportunity to, to show that you know I can still play on this level. And um, of course, after that game, rushing for two. 276 yards, throwing for 279, I believe. Uh, I, it was really cool to hear the, the aftermath of like ESPN, Sports Illustrated, and then College Game Day. It was like, <laughs> whoa, this is amazing. Like College Game Day is coming to James Madison, and I get to be a part of that, right? Um, so I'm thinking like, man, you had to be at 
at all the big time schools for college game to game day to experience that. And here they were at JMU, and um, it was really cool. It was a really great time, fun time. There's a picture of my mom in like in, in the midst of a bunch of college students. My mother never went to college, so that was really cool for me uh, to see the joy on her face, and um, you know, seeing all the crazy posters and signs. Um, in fact, there is one sign that I that I think I might even as an author. I think I, I always wanted to be one of the covers of my book. And I think the sign said the, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, I think that would be a great memoir um, cover or something like that one day. Um, but, man, college game day game was amazing. Obviously, we're playing against the Richmond Spiders, which is our rival. And um, it was a big-time game. And I truly believe we would have uh, won that game. I found myself arguing with a Richmond Spider a couple years ago. Uh, and we, we had it. And, you know, I'm like, man, if I didn't go out, we, we would have won. And uh, he's like, no, we all, we had you shut down. I'm like, man, you're crazy. Um, so anyway, it was a fun experience. And, of course, uh, you know, went down with an injury that ended my career at James Madison. But, um, you know, that doesn't even – that's not even, you know, the, the finest memory that I have that day. Obviously, that was very traumatic um, for me personally. But at the same time, you know, it was one of the best days of my life that I wouldn't take back. Well, I, I want to highlight one other thing going back to the SMU game, because I believe I know at the time and I believe this record still stands that you were the only person to ever run for and throw for over 275 yards in a single game at any level in the NCAA. And to your point, this didn't happen against one of the last place one AA teams in the conference. This took place against one of um, a very good program, a program with a lot of history. And I think that's something to be very proud of. So um, it, we're really excited to have you on tonight. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm yeah. still mad. Um, I should have had 300 and 300, but that's for another <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll hit you with the uh, SMU, some more SMU highlights. And I, um, that was probably the best um, quarterback performance I've ever witnessed um, live. And probably, I mean, I've seen some good ones. I mean, Armante, Armante Edwards in 2008 um, at JMU um, was outstanding. Trey Lance um, beating us single-handedly in the national championship was outstanding, but I can tell you that SMU, um, I've never seen anybody, you know, just thrash a team like you did. And so do you remember the atmosphere? Could you remember what was being said from the fans behind us? Because the fans were right on us, right on top of us, and throwing glow sticks at us. I don't know. They hit me. I'm not sure they hit you guys, but um, tell us a little bit about what you remember from that night, what you could hear really from the from the field. You know, I, do, I, I actually do not remember a lot of, of – um, Chatter. I do remember the chatter. I just don't remember the words or making out the words because obviously when you're in those moments, you're so focused on the moment, right? And, and we're trained not to really allow that to bother us or anything of that nature. So I can't, I can't even remember what what was made out. I do remember like people calling my my name because obviously they could see our names on the back of our jersey. So you know, I, I remember little things like that, but I, I'm not sure exactly what was said. I'm sure you would probably remember more than me. No, it was just, I mean, I, the focus you had on the field and I don't know if, you know, folks could see it. I, your eyes are always, every game you always played, you were just laser focused, but that game, especially you and John Miller were connected. Everybody was connecting, but the look in your eyes, when you came to the sidelines, there was no joy. I mean, you, I know you're happy, but there was, it was such a workman like deal. And I know that's how you approach everything. I mean, you still have joy in your heart, but the way that you look and you still do, um, you can't get in your, nobody can get in your zone. 
because you're in a zone that I've never seen anybody play with. And it's uh, it's really impressive. And I know you do that with your motivational speaking, with your um, with the books you write. But I just want to, you know, really, really let people know, you know, Vad the guy has always been Vad the guy. So it's just kind of cool to see. Uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Steve. You know, it's definitely uh, it's always, you know, when you're playing in that moment, man, this is that's what I speak about today. I mean, I really when I go and speak to teams, I'm mostly talking about taking advantage of this right now moment because I know what it's like for it to be snatched from me. You know what I mean? And I know what it's like thinking that I was going to be the one to lead JMU to the national championship and, and didn't. And I know what it's like, right, where I only played maybe 14, 15. I don't know how many games I played in my JMU career, but, you know, um, I always wanted to be the greatest. And, you know, to, to match that with only playing 14, 15 games, you know, sometimes I look back and like, man, you know, I wish I could have just finished it out. But um, that's my story. And I and I love the story. And, and the story has allowed me to help others along the journey. So, Vad, uh, we actually have I've seen a lot of interaction in the comments now from people uh, in our broadcast who want to ask some questions. And we have one from Preston Adams, who's watching on YouTube, and he wants to know uh, the buzz that you've heard uh, from Jamie amongst your professional career from other players, maybe from your conversations at, at schools around the country. Um, what are they saying about JMU? And if they uh, notice this, especially if we made that transition into FBS? Oh, man, that's a great question. Yes, absolutely. Um, so many people understand and know like know the jmu brand now right um i can wear jmu in the airport and, and somebody will probably stop me along the way um in fact me and my family was just at the national harbor and i had i think i had a jmu shirt and he stopped me and and talked about my career and everything like that so um people are taking notice of jmu and um it's cool because now that we've moved up you know it was it was interesting i always used to be able to brag to these big schools, right? If I was going to these big schools to talk, I would be able to brag about GMU. But now we're on the same level as them. I kind of, it's funny, I kind of got to change up the language a little bit now because they could, they could, hey, be playing them in the playoffs or, you know, be a ranked matchup. So I kind of had to change my approach a little bit, but at the same time, still representing GMU. That's awesome. And another thing I wanted to ask you about that. So you're now having the opportunity to work with somebody that I worked with when I was at JMU. Um, one of the all time great people uh, that have ever been associated with not only JMU athletics, but the university of a whole in, in Kurt Dudley. Um, so I wanted to ask about your work on those ESPN plus broadcasts and, and maybe other than that, did you expect to go into the broadcasting world and, and, and what has that experience been like? And uh, I know you're going to be on some games again this season. Yeah, I did not expect um this to happen this way in fact i got tapped by um the legend himself kurt dudley and um he texted me and called me one day and, and asked me if i would be interested in um in, in joining the booth with him and i thought it was an amazing opportunity one i love football and two i i, I can speak a little bit right so um and three i play quarterback so preparing for the game and um, you know, reading the defenses and calling out the defenses before, um, you know, before the ball is snapped is really cool opportunity for me to show me even what I know a little bit and, and, and maybe even all the training that I've had along this journey um, to really get me to be able to understand and be able to articulate what's going on out there on the field. So um, Kurt Dudley, he is an amazing um, man, first of all, but he does a really great job. I remember my first time being in a booth, he had this big old call sheet. You know, you guys see coaches on the sideline with call sheets. No, Kurt had Kurt's call sheet was probably three times bigger than that. And um, I came with nothing. I mean, I came with my little notebook, but you know, it, it was it just showed me 
the level of, of just experience that he has and um, the level that it takes to be great in this profession. This is fascinating, Vat. Thank you for like taking us behind the scenes a little bit. I'm gonna fanboy out a little. I don't know if you can see my background, but I've got a poster oh, yeah. for the 2014 team actually signed by each one of you. You're on there, by the way. Nice. So nice. I knew I knew one day that was gonna that was gonna be popular, maybe worth a little something, but that's been in my office for like the last nine years. So I want to give you a quick shout out on that one. Thank you. Um awesome. You mentioned like preparation as a quarterback, right? Like coming in. You know, it's it's finally game week. We're finally here. We're six six days, seven days away from game one versus Bucknell. Take us a step back. It's 2014. Withers came in. You're in as well. What was the program like leading into game one? Like, put us in your shoes and yeah. maybe the mindset of the program at the time. Yeah, um, man, we knew for sure that we were the toughest, uh, most worked football team in America. And it was interesting because um, we felt really good about going into game one that season um, in 2014. I believe we played Maryland. And uh, in that locker room, you would have thought like, man, you would have thought Alabama was rolling in, right? Because we just believed our coaches did a great job of, of, of just bringing us to believe that we were the best of the best because we worked as if we were the best of the best. In fact, I believe there were 20, you know, 30 guys that ended up quitting or just, you know, uh, you know, getting the boot, I guess, you know, when there's new transition. Right. And, um, and I think it was over 30 guys. <laughs> um, so the whole, you know, uh, coach prime in Colorado and all that good stuff. We, we, we've been through that. We've seen that not as quite as many transfers, but, um, you know, we've seen a big transition like that. So we believe that you stuck around and if you stayed and if you made it through what was almost torture, um, you know, we, we just felt really good about where we were. And, um, I believe that we were all in and, you know, of course that Maryland game did not go the way that we expected at all. Um, but it, 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 it helped us to, it humbled us to know that there's still work that needs to be done. But if we, if, if this thing get kicked off, we can go far and we can go a long way. And in fact, it took me a little adjustment to get a back adjusted. You know, I was running a triple option system and it took me some time to get adjusted to being in that, in that pro style drop back type of offense. And, um, you know, JMU has done a, such a great job with the quarterback position with, with the transition of new quarterbacks coming in. Right. So, um, I'm, I'm excited even going back to JMU this season, I'm excited because, you know, sometimes it does take a little minute, but when that thing gets going, um, JMU is the perfect spot for quarterbacks to thrive. Uh, I love that you said that, right? Because I believe you started sort of this like legacy over the last decade, right? It was you, it was Brian Shore, it was Cole, it was Danucci. Now let's see who's next, right? And then Todd Santeo this last year. Um, it's it's amazing to think because many of us are on, on this call, right? We remember a day where Jamie was not yeah. the ideal place or number one place for quarterbacks, right? We run, run the ball, play defense, ground and pound and, and everything. So um I, I feel so privileged just to have you on, just talk to you and speak with you and just and just learn from you right over the past few years. Uh, talk a little bit about like, you know, nine years later, 10 years later, we still talk about your highlights, like walk through sort of like how you think, how you look back at your legacy at JMU and the people you've impacted. Like, how do you think that's like positively changed you today? Yeah. You know, uh, when I was at JMU, 
um, I knew that football was the catalyst to help me, um, you know, to help me just build in a community, to help me to really serve the community, to be a part of the community. And I still use football 10 years later, right? I still use football. I still use the game to help influence others. And if 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 I have one purpose in life is to help influence, you know, help influence others to build this to build this world up, to build lives up, to speak life into people. And um, that's what I truly enjoy. And um, that's why I enjoy playing the game of football. Um, you know, it was interesting after my injury. Um, I'm not sure if Coach Withers and I had a conversation about this, but after my injury, I'm not sure if people know, but I actually transitioned. I had to make a transition in season where I had to, you know, Coach asked me that if I would do the chapel services and if I would speak to the team. Um, I would speak to the team before every game. Um, this was something different than chapel service, but I would speak in the locker room before we head out. Coach Withers would always point to me and say, Vab, you got him. And um, that's what, in the beginning of my highlight tape. You guys may see me like, you know, really hype and yelling. And that's just me on game day. And um, the other interesting thing about my highlight tape is there, there are clips on there where I don't have a uniform on. Right. And that was after my injury. And Coach Withers still made sure that, um, you know, I, you know, that I pumped up the guys and got them going. So that kind of set, um, you know, just that kind of set my life up well for what I'm doing now, um, going to different schools to speak in life and um, building up, you know, men, building up young men and letting them know that um, the game of football will end one day. But um, this is an amazing opportunity for you to take advantage of right now. And um, it can lead you to your next opportunity if you just steward that well. Um, so, yeah, I'll kind of leave it at that. Vad, uh, you were talking about transferring in and talking about the QB room when you were there. Uh, you know, we have a situation right now where we have a very talented QB room right now. Uh, we have a couple of transfers, a couple of guys that are veterans. Just with your experience in the past, walk us through what you think needs to happen for not only the person that ends up being the starter to be successful, but for all of the, the roles that the QB room needs to play throughout the season for this team to achieve what other JMU teams have achieved in the past. Yeah, um, at the end of the day, we know there's going to be a guy and we know that there's going to be a guy that's starting and there's going to be a guy that's starting this thing off. Right, JMU has done a phenomenal job of choosing the guy. And we've done a really good job of choosing the right guy, right? So um, I have unbelievable confidence in, in whoever is the starting quarterback. Um, I have unbe unbelievable confidence that um, things are going to work out. And for whoever that is in that position, um, you know, I would tell them to just take advantage of the opportunity, right? It's not pressure. Don't put any pressure on yourself. Right. Um, it's an opportunity for you to get better today. It's an op opportunity for you to lead your guys. Right. When I came in, um, there was there was a quarterback that was really good, um, you know, already at GMU. And um, and he made me better. Right. He made me better because I had to compete against um, that guy every day. Right. And and um, and I appreciate the brother him and I are brothers to this day. Like I appreciate that because it has it, it molded me and helped me to be the person and the player that I am today. So I believe that um, whoever is, is the JMU quarterback, um, I know that they were pushed hard. I know Coach Signetti and, 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 and the crew got them ready. And um, and again, history is on our side when it comes uh, to, to JMU and, and choosing a quarterback in transition. Yeah, you. I mean, you did such a nice job when you were in, when you got hurt, it was horrendous, obviously, I know. 
but I think the motivation and, and what you took from that and the, the ability for you to share that was not only um, clear day that you got hurt, it was clear the next week. Because when you were at Women Mary, everything that you were helping Brian through, I mean, Brian got thrown into a game against a very good Women Mary team. Um, Richmond and Women Mary were much different back then than they are now. Um, and Women Mary's doing fine now, Richmond's doing fine. But back then, I think they were even more loaded. The ability for you to motivate that team a, year, a week out from being uh, injured was unbelievable. And the speeches you gave them were unbelievable. So I just want to commend you for that. And I also want to commend you for the motivational speaking you're doing now, because the fact that these young men are only going to play, you know, for four years. And at the end of the day, it's about taking them to the next level. And you're really turning it around. I want you to speak just a little bit about how you're really helping people understand how football translates into their life. And I know you've done a little bit of it, but I want to give you a little bit more time to, to talk about that because that's really important for everybody out there. Yeah. Um, you think about life, right? I, I say, I, I tell a lot of people, man, the world could learn a lot from um, a football team, right? You got guys that are all in, coming together, joining for one mission, right? They're, they're, they're coming together from all different backgrounds, black, white, um, you know, from different um, countries maybe, right? They're all coming together in, in one setting, in one place and choosing, right? Choosing to go for this goal, choosing to show up every day for each other, with each other, right? And continue to go for a goal in life, right? If only, right? I, I wrote that children's book up there. That's my friend because my daughter would say, um, no matter what, you know, no matter what little kid she sees, she doesn't know their name before she knows their name or anything. She's saying, daddy, that's my friend. Right. If only the world could learn from that. Right. That's the same thing in football where we all come together uh, from different backgrounds and cultures. But we're, we're we're striving for one goal. So that translates for us as athletes when we step into the real world. Right. We have to you know, we have to allow those transferable skills in the game of football to now help us to mature in life because at the end of the day, um, and, and this is a hard lesson, but you know, one of the things that we don't realize is that, you know, I ended up sharing this to Clemson not too long ago is that, Hey, somebody else is going to wear your Jersey, right? Somebody else's name is going to be on the back of that Jersey. You think that Jersey belongs to you. That Jersey belongs to JMU. That Jersey belongs to the school, right? Somebody else is going to have that Jersey. So you might as well take full advantage of it. Um, why you got it right now, right? And it's cool because uh, Coach Sweeney, uh, this is this is, this is inside moment. It's cool because Coach Sweeney uh, ended up giving Clemson homework, and they had to do homework to figure out who wore their jersey in the past. And um, and I seen a video come out last week of Clemson and and the guys presenting um, who wore their jerseys and doing a history lesson, which was pretty cool for me to know that you know that message really spoke to the team and and it's still impacting them even as I leave. So right. Um, in the game of football, even though you, you'll you leave and graduate one day, just like we're having this conversation, your impact can always go a long way. Awesome stuff, Ad. And uh, one thing we've done on every one of these episodes, so I'm, I'm going to give you a choice, is we've asked every guest uh, if they have a prediction for the season. So we've had some that have, have made a prediction. We, we have a lot of nine and three seems to be consensus this year. But if you don't want to make a prediction, because I know you're going to be working in the broadcast booth, um, do you have a message to the current JMU roster? Uh, I, I know if, if you were had the opportunity to to be in the locker room or, or in a team meeting in the next couple of, what would be your message uh, to the current Dukes uh, as they embark on uh, what we hope is another long journey and successful route for this, uh, for this season in 2023? Yeah. Um, what would I say to the Dukes this season? Um, 
I would I would give them I would give them these three words. I would I would give them um, to endure, obey, and maintain. Right. I would give them those three words because um, this season is gonna gonna be a lot of endurance. This season, a lot of people are are looking to see if JMU can follow up what they did last year. Right. They're gonna see if um, if 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 the quarterback can uphold um, the mantra right of of what's been happening for the last few years with really talented quarterbacks, um, especially with what Todd did last season, right? So um, there's going to have to be a lot of endurance, uh, a lot of obedience, right? Sticking to the game plan, sticking to what Coach Signetti loves to do, right? Not trying to be a hero or anything. And I think that um, the coaches there have done a great job of molding the guys into um, buying in to be a team. So um, as, as a player, though, that takes obedience for you to uh, just know that, man, I, got, I just got to trust the plan. Um, and do obey and maintain and maintain, maintain the greatness, maintain the passion, maintain the purple and gold, maintain um, what has already um, has been established, man. Um, there is there that the script has the outline has been written for these guys to be successful. Right. And we're all counting on them. We all are behind them. Right. To um, to go out and have a have a great season. But it takes one is one game at a time it's, it's not looking further ahead. Right. We play an amazing conf conference and there's some great teams in this conference. Uh, but this is an opportunity this season to, to stamp what happened last season. This is a great this is a great season to stamp that. Um, for what happened last season. So these guys are chosen for this 2023 team, right? They were chosen for this moment. And what incredible moment than now. Oh, man, Vad, we have a little side chat that goes on during this when we're not on camera. And, and I, I can tell you everyone here, uh, even though we're not wearing pads anymore, we're ready to run through a wall. So uh, just know, um, thanks again. Everything we said in the lead up to this, you, you've been an incredible ambassador to this university. And, and I, I hope um, that you come back and join us for some additional discussions. But whatever you do, we know we'll be listening to you on the ESPN Plus broadcast and um, probably be voting for you for president or something down the road because we know you're destined for greatness. But we also want to respect the fact that your most important job is being a dad, and we know you have the kids in the other room. So um, thanks again, Vat. I'm about to run upstairs and put them to bed. Thank you, guys. They did a great <laughs> job of being quiet for me, so I got to go give them some kisses and hugs. I'll tell awesome. them to go Dukes for you guys. Go Dukes. Thanks again, Vad. And to our listeners, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have two additional guests here on tonight's podcast. We have Brian McLaughlin from FanBuzz, and we're going to introduce you to our new student correspondent, Andy Rogers, going to give us a little insight into the buzz on campus as Jamie approaches week one of the college football season. So with that, we'll take a quick break and a message from our sponsors at the Montpelier Collective. Hi, this is Sean O'Regan with JMU Women's Basketball, and we're, we're here to announce something really cutting edge and it's called the Montpelier Collective. It's uh, for NIL um, contributions to our program, and you can join at MontpelierCollective.com. One thing we really believe in here is, is winning championships and keeping the standard as high as we can keep it, and we need this to, to help us continue to keep the standard as high as we can. So join the Montpelier Collective when you can. Thank you. Go Dukes. And welcome back to JMU Sound Off as we enter our second segment here on Sound Off. And we bring in somebody who needs no introduction to anyone who is on Twitter and has followed over the years his incredible coverage, whether it's at Hero Sports or now with FanBuzz. Um, Brian McLaughlin in the great state of Florida, hopefully making sure his hurricane preparedness kit is, is ready. Okay. I would be remiss if I didn't say that with my work with the Red Cross. But how are you doing, Brian? Yeah, you would understand, wouldn't you, John? <laughs> Yeah, um, great to be on again with you guys after a couple of years hiatus. 
uh, but we're on the group of five beat now, and there's no way I'd kick things off as a national editor for this level without reconnecting with the old so, so friends. Brian, let's put it that way. Absolutely. So, Brian, <clears throat> uh, give listeners out there a little bit of an update. Obviously, we know what you had done in your your tremendous coverage, um, whether it's in, in your coverage of JMU when they were in Frisco. Um, or, or the work that you did just doing tremendously in-depth looks at both the recruiting side of FCS football and then um, taking us around the country as as really one of the sole outlets that that did a, uh, the, a real true focus on, on the weekly uh, matchups in FCS. But now you've transitioned uh, to covering the group of five. So give fans a little update yeah. into what you're doing uh, and the outlet that they can find your work at. Right. Uh, so this spring I made a pitch to FanBuzz, which is a subsidiary of a publisher's clearinghouse. Um, so there's some good financial backing with it. And, um, you know, Hero Sports, things changed there during COVID. Uh, I think it changed for a lot of sports sites at the time because we didn't have any sports, you know. And, uh, you know, we ended up uh, being purchased by BetMGM and that kind of changed some dynamics. Um, I made the pitch to do group of five much like we did you know fcs coverage at euro sports because frankly it was a success and one of the biggest reasons it was a success was uh james madison i mean it proved to our editors by the way that you know that that connecting with schools was a potential successful way of doing things and i think jmu was the first great example so you know you all helped uh, get that thing going Love that. I was going to say, Brian, number one, it's awesome to have you on and reconnecting. And number two, I feel like it was just yesterday we were at Bridgeforth or in yeah. Frisco meeting each other for the first time. That was like, I can't believe that was, what, six, seven years ago. It really and, um, was, yeah. And here yeah. we are. Um, so thr so thrilled to have you on. I'm so happy to have you back on the beat. For the uninitiated, right, our new listeners, our Sunbelt listeners, talk to us a little bit more. Expand around like JMU in 2016, 2017 when the yeah. national attention just started going like walk us through that a little bit yeah well you know north dakota state had been the power you know pretty much since what 2010 or 11 they had been on espn game day uh twice and did a great job hosting it and i think it opened the eyes you know that you know they're not the only school that could put on a good show so when you know you just finished with that lead uh the first interview i ever did with james madison was that and uh, in 2015, when Richmond was coming and, and game day was coming after the SMU win. And then, uh, you know, it happened again in 2017. And I met a lot of you and Pilot. I had met you already, Mike. But, you know, um, anyways, the, uh, the quality of the football with Coach Houston and Signetti afterwards, the way they recruited, you could kind of see that this was a budding monster and this might be one program that could test NDSU. And even though they only beat them once in the 2016 playoffs, every game was good. Now, NDSU fans will say, well, we, we knocked them around. Um, no, you didn't. I mean, those games were good. Uh, I remember standing in the end zone of, I think, the last one when Trey Lance was the starting quarterback. And you guys were, were pushing to, you know, either tie it up or go ahead. At the end, and I was standing right there when the ball went off the hands. I'm telling you, all those games were great. They were just great matchups. So JMU became a superpower. There was no question about it. 
No, no doubt. And and trust me, we all remember this 2017 game very well. And yeah, coulda, shoulda um, yep. happened that day. Um, I think everyone knows you're a big Florida Gator fan. You're from the Florida area. Um, tell us a little bit about the first time you came to JMU and maybe expectations, maybe what you didn't think would happen or see uh, when you were actually on the ground in Harrisonburg. It reminded me of, a, of the University of Florida in the 90s when I went to school there. And it was a, it, it was just a smaller version. And it wasn't as small as you might think. I mean, it, it was, uh, it was still pretty, it was bigger than I expected. It's really funny to hear what Bad said about the first time he saw Bridgeforth. Um, my impression was kind of the same. You know, I had been around a lot of one double A programs covered, you know, covered them and, and um, great atmospheres, but that was not a one double A atmosphere. And um, the tailgating was incredible. <laughs> Pilot was as good as anything I ever saw in Gainesville. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, the, the kids, though, on the team is the that that's the biggest difference between covering SEC football. And, you know, when, when you hear James Madison kids talk about academics, yeah, you hear it at Florida, but, you know, you want to turn around and gag yourself, you know, because you know that's what they're supposed to say. When you talk to a JMU player, uh, you actually believe them because there weren't a lot of them going to the NFL at that time. But now that's starting to change, isn't it? So um, now that was, that was kind of the big comparison for me. Brian, as we look out uh, at the national G5 landscape, I have a I have a very serious and a very unbiased question. Okay. And that is, what is the best G5 conference and why is it the Sun Belt? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not biased, and I agree with you. Uh, I really don't have a dog in the hunt. I've said that a million times. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I picked Colgate to beat you guys in the playoffs, you know, that year <laughs> when everything was going on with the coaching situation. I don't have a problem with being honest. Uh, the Sun Belt's better, and I would say by a hair, over the AAC. I like some of the teams at the top of the AAC. I think UTSA is the best team in the country of the group of five. Uh, people are sleeping on them. They're just defaulting to Tulane. And Tulane's going to be good, too, uh, really good. You know, after they knocked off Southern Cal last year, uh, there's some other good teams. But I think the depth at the top of the order in the Sun Belt is what makes it so good. You look at JMU's schedule, and you're like, where's the easy game here? Right. You know, I, I mean, it's almost like the NFL where the good teams play the good teams out of conference or out of division. It's almost like they made the Sun Belt schedule with, with – Scheduled rotation with 14 schools out where JMU's got to play the other top 16. Right. <laughs> you know, and there's very few against the Georgia States of the world and, you know, maybe the more beatable teams. It's going to be a brawl. And um, I think that's what makes the Sun Belt the best. And it is the best. It is the best. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to let everyone know because I do have some UTSA fans listening here because. Yeah. I spent six years uh, working at UTSA, so okay. I want to. I want to let everyone know I did not pay Brian to say that we yeah. are the best conference, but that also he thinks UTSA is great. I I also think UTSA is going to have a good season, but um, I 
I agree. I've, I've had many of these conversations with my UTSA and AAC uh, brethren, and uh, I, I like I like the top heavy teams in the AAC, but just top to bottom, Sun Belt is a it's a dogfight every week. It, it it really is. I think in UTSA, I can already tell being a younger program, uh, UTSA is a very hungry fan base. We all we all know that Texas football is is outstanding. Um, there is always room for another, you know, great program there. I just think that they're, you know, people are a little cautious with them because they weren't Tulane or Fresno State last year. But uh, I think they're the number one team under the G5 for, for sure. Well, Brian, it's good to see you again. I, you last time I saw you, it was um, sleeting in Frisco. And we <laughs> yeah. were, I think my wife and I were huddled inside of a, a hallway by a bathroom and we saw you guys get out of your car. So That's we showed right. up with some, uh, some very good bourbon, I think, and had, had a decent <laughs> time in the parking lot. Yeah. Um, can you yeah. give us a little bit of overview of the landscape? This kind of goes with Taylor's question. Just kind of tell us the rest of the conferences, not just the Sun Belt, but kind of what's going on with the rest of the conferences out there in the G5 landscape. Well, I never thought uh, that you could use the word rebuilding for a conference, but Conference USA is clearly rebuilding, you know, the same way that the, the Big 12 is in the Power 5 range. You know, there, there's been so much shuffling of the teams that, you know, Conference USA is stuck on nine teams right now. And that's not where they want to be. So, you know, they're eyeballing teams in the FCS level. And, of course, Kennesaw State will come on board. Um, they're definitely the fifth team. I think the MAC even though it's the oldest conference in the group of five level, uh, they just don't have that elite. I mean, Toledo is pretty darn good. Last night we saw Ohio U push the very good San Diego State team uh, in week zero. So, you know, Ohio U is pretty good, but there's just a lot of weakness in the MAC compared to other conferences. And then there's the Mountain West, which I would put third. You know, I've already told you that I think Sunbelt and, and, you know, AAC or one, two, but, um, you know, I really like, uh, I really like the Mountain West, you know, at number three, that, that's kind of the pecking order, but Conference USA is going to be hurting. There's good teams in it, including one right down the street from you in, in Liberty, but, um, you know, it's a rebuilding conference, yeah. Great stuff. And, and we have another question from uh, our YouTube listener, Preston Adams. He wants to say, Brian, what's engagement been like uh, since taking on focusing on the G5, specifically from a Sunbelt and JMU perspective? What, what are you seeing in your, your fan buzz comments? Uh, it's not been as easy as the FCS. Let's put it that way, John. And press, uh, it's been a little frustrating because, and, and maybe that's because the FCS was such a fun way to get underway. It, it, it was amazing to me that Jacksonville State would give me that kind of access when they were on a title run and, and James Madison, you know, and Chris Brooks in the SID department and all of their brass, uh, you know, all the way up to the AD and everything were just so wonderful. Um, it, I'm not running into that in, at every school. There are some that are willing to open the doors to a newbie situation like us. And I can assure them, and I think you guys could assure them that if they will just open that door, um, we'll do a great job and we'll be fair. We'll be honest, but we'll be fair as a media entity. Uh, I have a bigger group of help than I did in the beginning at Hero Sports. Uh, there's seven of us, you know, and um, 
we have a young lady who actually lives right outside of Boone, for instance. So we're going to have a little bit of an Appalachian State, um, you know, presence. As a conference, though, the Sun Belt, ha- you know, the, the Sun Belt Conference has been very open and cool. Um, you know, that that has had, I think I can thank Chris Brooks for that because he's gone to bat for us and said, look, we saw what this guy did and that he loves covering this and he loves the teams. And I do. Um, you know, he'll do that for the uh, the non-autonomy. They hate the word G5. I don't know if you guys knew that, but uh, but everybody knows what it means. So it's hard for me to let go of that. But uh, yeah, Sunbelt's going to be a lot of fun to work with, I think, this year. Brian, I think back seven years ago, right, when we first got connected and, and it was about recruiting out of all things. Yep. Right? I remember yeah, we, did a, yeah. we did a couple of specials on Hero Sports on that. And I remember saying the only thing holding back Jamie at the time was that we had only 63 scholarships. Correct. Knowing what you know around the G5 landscape, you know, how do you believe or, or what do you believe Jamie has to do to maintain sort of that standard on recruiting top level um, top level athletes at, in this space? Well, once the NCAA, you know, NCAA gets its head out of you know what and lets you all go to bowl games, you know, which you should have last year but i understand the one year thing i don't get denying you this year but um going to bowl games is big uh you know especially when you go to a hotbed like uh you know florida or or texas or california and you get to play in a large town you know if you end up in miami for a game or uh you know tampa or something like that uh, the kids there see you because you're going to want to recruit those states of course you know just you know, I, I, one of the great things about the G5 is we don't get powder puff games during the week. We get some good ones. And that's, you know, even on Tuesdays, you know, sometimes the MAC championship de facto is on a Tuesday. So you get good college football. But when they have, when, when JMU is not on television fighting, you know, um, Alabama and Ohio State and USC, you know, for a certain time slot, you know, when it's on a Thursday night and it's a great matchup and, and maybe JMU's flirting with the top 25, those are the moments I think that's where you have got to maximize the potential of getting out in front of uh, a lot of people because people want to watch college football. You know, if you want 18-year-old kids to know who you are, uh, when you play in that game or you play mm-hmm. in Virginia, which JMU is going to beat Virginia. I mean, when you do those things and you get college game day like they've done twice, that starts to turn heads. People go, well, I, and I don't know much about them. Well, now you do. You know, in North Dakota State's the same way, you know, in the FCS. They now can come to Tampa Bay and get great players, you know. Uh, and JMU's got every – there's no way that it won't work the same way for JMU. It already is. For sure. Um, I remember we talked about that and we were just mentioning, you know, Jamie today in 2017, 2016 could compete with the G5 in recruiting. We just can't send as many players. So that take that out the window, right? I think the sky's the limit. So walk us through a little bit like eight and three last year, first program to play a full FPS schedule transition from FCS. Um, love to kind of hear like your perception as from afar and were you surprised at all with Jamie's success and maybe your thoughts on that? 
I wasn't surprised. Uh, I thought that was about what made sense. Um, I think, you know, and looking ahead to this year, I kind of think it, it'll be a similar year based on strength of schedule. Uh, but, yeah, last year the transition, you know, the Appalachian State win definitely turned heads, and we all know why, because, you know, App doing what they did to get game day, and then you all turn around the next week and, and knock them off. Um, shows how strong the program really is. And again, Michael, it gets back to that recruiting you're talking about. You know, we we saw uh, Signetti in, near the end is routinely beating Mac schools for recruits, you know, coveted recruits. That's, uh, that's only going to get better. So, yeah, it, uh, I wasn't surprised at all. If it had been seven and four or nine and two, I think either way, uh, would have been about that, you know, that little spot. Anything below that or above that would have been stunning in, in different ways. So, Well, Brian, this is a perfect segue because I read your preview article at FanBuzz, which I would encourage anybody who's listening to the broadcast to check you out on Twitter and, and go read your preview for not only JMU, but the other programs uh, across the G5 landscape. But we've asked every guest who's come on to give their thoughts on, on the 2023 JMU Duke. So, um, maybe if you want to summarize a little bit your preview and give your prediction for uh, this version of the Dukes. Yeah, I, you know, when I look at the team, you know, the quarterback thing is a little, you know, you, you wonder what's going to happen at the quarterback position, but uh, you can damn sure count on being able to run the ball with that line. And that, I mean, you know, to see that they've got guys that, can play ball as well as Latrell and Solomon did even a couple years ago. Uh, and they can rotate like they've kind of always done, you know, Percy was part of that, et cetera. Running the ball shouldn't be a problem. The big question is just who steps up, except it just seems like some every year somebody does. So, and then the defense, man, that defense is always going to be good. You know, it's well coached and they recruit well on defense you know, they're, uh, it's hard for me to, the only, the only, yeah, I guess the only questions are, you know, what do they do at quarterback? Is there, is a guy going to just emerge, which can certainly happen. We've seen it. And the next thing is just the schedule. I mean, four of the best or three of the best four teams, you know, with the exception of South Alabama coming up to Harrisonburg, which is the most important one. Uh, the trips to Troy, Troy, you can make the argument Troy's better than JMU this year. Uh, and then looking at the schedule, Coastal Carolina and Marshall being on the road, those are teams that I think are absolutely comparable with JMU. But if, it, you know, it, it's a road game, so how much of an advantage will those two schools have when they host JMU? I think that's, uh, that's definitely the way it shakes out. The funniest thing about it is at least two of the teams on JMU's schedule are scarier on paper than a trip to Virginia. And, you know, Virginia's just not very good this year. And I've always thought back to when, when what Kyle Aletta in Richmond did against them a number of years ago. I mean, he shredded them. And he said it had a lot to do with how he got drafted because, he, you know, but he just said, he goes, it was one of those things where, they just, you know, usually we play, play P5 teams, and P5 teams just normally should blow you off the line, both sides. 
And he goes, and they weren't doing it to us. Um, Virginia just, I think, look, they're going to call it an upset, but the, it's not, it's not going to be, you know? So. Well, Brian, yeah. I, I want to say before we, uh, we wrap this segment, I, I, when I tweeted out that we were going to have you on today, uh, the one thing I mentioned was that especially my job on a day-to-day -day basis, interacting with media all across the country, um, you stand out in the the sea of those reporters because of the heart and the passion you bring to your coverage. Um, and I know that's why I think you mean so much to so many fans of JMU and, and why the interaction and engagement with you has been so consistent. Um, and I think why it's been so personal. And I, I hope you feel that. Um, and it's not just because we appreciate your coverage. I think it's because we we all appreciate you as a person. Um, so just know I, know, I know you don't need to hear this from us because you're, you're a reporter who can go anywhere else in the country, but I, I know you always have an invitation to any of our tailgates uh, and you're always welcome on campus um, because you're just, you're just such a great person and we'd love to have you back. So we hope as a part of your coverage, you make it um, back to the fact that you're, you're coming to Harrisonburg and covering what's going on in, in, in the Berg now that we're in the Sun Belt. So just know you're always welcome. And um, just uh, as we go out from the segment, let people know where they can find you and where they can read your coverage each and every week. Yeah, I do have an author page with FanBuzz. Um, you know, it, you can bookmark it. If I mean, I will be writing about JMU. You know, Chris has opened that door. You know, his superiors are totally cool with it. Um, Signetti might be a little tougher because uh, he's just always tough. But in general, he and I know each other, and I, I just think that there will be – I will be handling anything JMU. That's no-brainer. And I'll be doing as much as they'll let me. Um, you can always see my stuff uh, on Twitter, which, Jonathan, you know that, uh, at Brian MacRider. And no matter where I work, I'll never change that handle because you do hop around a little bit in this gig. And I, I sure as hell have done that. So um, you can always hit me up. I'll talk, I'll talk to you. I love the fans. And, yes, it, the reception from JMU kind of helped reinforce the business model of what I what I was conceptualizing in 2015. Um, you know, if you just do honest work, and, and JMU is not the only program that received me like that. Jacksonville State did. Now they're at the G5s, and I'm dealing with them like I did in the past. Uh, you know, Kennesaw was always like that, and they're about to move up. Coastal Carolina was like that. So, um yeah, it's just great. But JMU was always <laughs> the one that was really pushing the needle, you know, for us. So. Awesome. Well, well, thanks again, Brian. And as I yeah. mentioned at the top of our segment, stay safe this week uh, in Florida yeah. as the as the storm approaches. But uh, we'll yeah. definitely have you back as we go throughout the year, maybe at the, the midway point uh, to see where JMU stands in, in the G5 landscape. Uh, and maybe be maybe we'll get lucky and get uh, the the, com the committees and powers of be let us compete for a Sun Belt championship. But thanks again, Brian. Um, and with that, we're, we're going to take our final break on this broadcast. And when we come back, we're going to introduce you to the newest contributor for Jamie Soundoff. We'll be offering a little bit of a different perspective on the Dukes as we move through 2023. So with that, here's a message from our sponsors at the Montpelier Collective. Hi, I'm Cliff Wood with the Montpelier Collective. Football season is right around the corner, and I'm happy to announce that we're going to have a kickoff event on September 2nd in F-Lot Spot 150. Festivities will start about 2 o'clock. We'll have giveaways, live music, and the chance for us to connect with you and talk about how you can help our student athletes. Look forward to seeing you on September the 2nd. Go Dukes.
And welcome back to JMU Sound Off. And for our final segment, we want to introduce you to our newest contributor here at Sound Off. Uh, we wanted to bring the student perspective on all things JMU football and JMU athletics. And for that, Annie Rogers, who is a JMU class of 2024 student um, and is live from Harrisonburg, Virginia. Worst places in the world to be to be joining us live. I know we've got Taylor and Steve at the beach. I'd rather be in Harrisonburg. So how are you doing, Annie? I'm great. How are you? So, Annie, uh, let the listeners and viewers uh, know a little bit about your background um, and your connection to the athletics program at JMU um, as you you join us on this journey here on Sound Off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am going into my senior year this year. Um, unfortunately, I'm very sad to be leaving, but um, I have been working with the JMU Duke Club for the past year. So working a little bit in athletic development, which has been awesome and i've learned a ton from them um i am involved in a ton of different organizations in the heart school um and i'm president of the only professional sport and rec management um, fraternity in the nation which is really cool um and also heavily involved in heart school ambassadors and dealing with athletics and giving tours around godwin and our school for sport and recreation management so definitely have been involved in athletics for a little bit now um so i'm excited to be here with you guys Sorry, <clears throat> some technical difficulties here. It's starting to rain and I'm outside, so we're going to make this quick. But Annie, uh, you and I met at the Heart School Gala up in D.C. last year. Uh, my wife, Mandy, I know, has come and spoken to your class, so that's how we kind of got connected. And uh, just really want to hear your perspective. What What is the buzz on campus? How are students feeling? And uh, what What do you think is going to be the, the, the student environment uh, this upcoming Saturday? Yeah, um, I think students are are very excited. Um, the buzz is happening across campus. Um, everywhere you walk, people are wearing their football gear. They're ready. They got their jerseys. Um, the bookstore is pretty much already sold out of jerseys already, which is really exciting. Um, so everyone I've talked to, their plans are to be there on Saturday. Um, they're not going home. They're coming back if they're home. Uh, it's just a really exciting time. You know, football, the energy is always high on campus at the start. And um, I think it's just the same this year, especially coming off of last season. Students are excited to be back on campus and to be back with a great team and kind of see how this can build off of last season as well. So I think it's just a really, really excited uh, environment and student body this year. Oh, Steve, I think you're muted. Sorry. Thank you for helping me with my technology. Okay. <laughs> I hit the wrong button. Um, thanks for joining us. And it's it's really exciting to hear somebody that's on the ground and really appreciate you, you know, getting your friends to come to the game, that you're at the game. Um, kind of want to touch on kind of the culture issue because as you know, students at your age, you know, some are going to South Carolina, you know, some are going to Virginia Tech. Kind of what's that buzz amongst those students now that we're in the Sun Belt? Um, does it give you some good bragging rights? And then the second question I'll get in is, you know, how we how do we keep building on that culture with the students? Great question. Um, yes, definitely some bragging rights involved. Uh, I have great friends who go to UVA and Virginia Tech and all of those places. And they've always said, oh, you know, you're, you can't compete. You can't compete. And now it's kind of like, well, we actually can. Um, so it's bringing in a different level of competition. And I think Students have really appreciated that and they're excited to see what we can do with that. Um, I think that's been a huge play in 
people getting excited is just having better competition and and being able to kind of ramp up in the the level of teams that we're playing. Um, and students are excited to be able to go out and be like, well, we played you, you, and you, and we won. And so it's just a really, it's a great environment to kind of enter into. Um, and students are excited about the shift. And I think you just keep building on that by building the team and, and presenting the team in a great way, like they have been on social media and pushing that out and having countdowns to game days and just getting the student body as hyped up as possible and then performing on game days and having those wins to back us up doesn't doesn't hurt at all either. Love that. And Annie, thanks again for hopping on. And um, we've yet to meet, but just a bit of context. So I'm a 2012 grad. And at the time that the stadium was just rebuilt, uh, we were going through a bit of a coaching change. So the atmosphere and the culture was a bit different at JMU um, and also being half the size at that with all the new buildings. So I'd love to kind of hear from you, like uh, you, you're going into your senior year, going your fourth year at JMU. How has the culture changed uh, for a student going to football games? It sounds like it's the thing now, right? Like it's what you do on Saturdays, but think back of your last four years and, you know, what's changed, how's it improved and like what the culture is like for the students. Yes. Um, so it's, it's changed in a lot of different ways. My four years, um, my first year, it was kind of like, okay, there's a football game this weekend. Is it a great team? Is it not a great team? If it's a great team, we'll go. If it's not, we won't. Um, and even if it was a great team and we just didn't want to go, we wouldn't go. Um, and then as we've kind of progressed throughout my four years, it is now the place to be on a Saturday, whether you have plans or not, you're canceling those plans to be at the games. Um, the energy is just better and it's just kind of ramped up, um, especially as the university has grown itself. I mean, it's huge now. And even in my four years, the, um, the freshman incoming class has grown massively as well. And so getting into the games is even a job of itself. Um, the gates are always packed where students enter and the energy just waiting in line is crazy. People are screaming. They're, you know, go Dukes and get excited. They have streamers. They're ready to go. They got their pom poms. So it's just like a totally different um, environment from when I was a first year. And it was kind of like, okay, if you don't have anything else to do, you'll go. Um, but now it's like, what are you doing if you're not going? Um, which has been the big shift. Andy, some breaking news from on campus. I don't know if you've seen the JMU men's soccer team scored a goal in the 73rd minute to knock off UCLA. So good things happening on campus where you are. You might hear the buzz. But um, I, I wanted to ask you, because I think it's interesting, one thing we've tried to do on all of our sound offs is is provide some insight into to ways we can enhance and improve and, and drive this program uh, into the future. And there was a lot of conversation last season um, on in media uh, and in the uh, kind of Twitter space about student attendance and, and students um, leaving early at games. Don't need to necessarily focus on that aspect as much, but from a student perspective, what, what kinds of things do you think um, in a game day atmosphere and, and from a, maybe I know we've talked about Wi-Fi and things like that might really contribute to keeping students in the stadium um, longer and, and for the full duration of games. And, and is this type of conversation happening on campus? Yeah, it, it definitely is happening. Um, I can tell you that both in my classes and just with the student body in general, people, you know, big sports fans, they're upset that other people aren't staying the whole time. They, they don't understand it. They want to try and get everyone to stay. And then people just don't end up doing that um, for weather, whether the game is boring, whatever the circumstance might be. People just were not staying last year. Um, I can tell you that has definitely been a point of conversation and something that athletics has really tried to change in a lot of ways. And um, 
I'm hopeful that this year it will be different just because of how we came out last season and, you know, going into this season, the hype is bigger and the, you know, the expectations are higher in a lot of ways. Um, but I, I will say it's, it's just a topic that's going to have to be an ongoing thing. Um, I don't think we can necessarily switch it up in, in one year or one season. Um, I think a big thing for a lot of people that I have talked to are the concession lines. Um, they're almost impossible. And so, you know, by third quarter, people are hungry. They've been tailgating since 10 o'clock in the morning. They're starving, whatever. And then they have to wait an hour in line to get a hot dog versus just leaving the stadium and going to D hall. Um, so it's a little bit of a draw there where it's like, okay, you know, you have a, a huge packed stadium and obviously this season we've sold out. So that's huge in itself, but it's like, how are we going to, you know, fix that, those concession lines so it's more efficient for students to actually have some incentive to stay and be able to, to keep their energy up throughout the game? Yeah, really great points. And, and in case you haven't seen or any of the listeners who are on this broadcast don't know yet, but Jamie, you made some public announcements about some enhancements that will be coming to Bridgeport Stadium this year. Um, increased number of, of grab-and-go stations as well as additional um, beer stands and stuff around campus. So a lot of new things coming to Bridgeforth, not only from a concessions perspective, but from a fan engagement perspective. We mentioned on last week's episode, there's a new app for tickets. So if you're somebody who hasn't downloaded the app and you're listening to this broadcast, uh, go to jmusports.com. They have all the information for how you can get your tickets on that mobile app and make the transfer of tickets as well as getting into Bridgeforth a much easier, more enjoyable experience for all. So Annie, um, we're just appreciated you could come join us for a few minutes tonight. We're going to be looking forward to your content as we go throughout the season, uh, as we get some uh, insight into what's happening around the different games, maybe some shots and videos and pictures from inside the student section. Um, but just thank you and good luck as you start the semester. Um, and we look forward to seeing the type of work you're going to do for us all season long. So thank you, Annie. Yeah, thank you guys so much. It was great to be here. Awesome. Get back to that homework or whatever, yes, whatever you yeah. students do on Sunday nights now. But Exactly, exactly. Awesome. Homework in the soccer game, you know. Exactly, exactly. Well, thanks again, Annie. And to our listeners, that's going to wrap. Uh, James, you sound off as we get ready. Once again, six days um, prior to the start. By the time you probably listen to this, if you're on the podcast, it'll be five days uh, before we all head to Harrisonburg and enjoy the Dukes and Bucknell. Guys, any last thoughts before we wrap? We've waited all summer for this. Exactly. So Six days away, five days away. Can't wait for that uh, initial kickoff and first touchdown and see the streamers flowing. So super pumped. Here's my prediction. 63 to three. That'll be the score. There you go. Well, and, and John and I will be in our, our new parking locations right outside of Duke Dog Alley. So anyone listening, come by, stop by, say hello. Love to it, see you. It hurt a little when when Brian said P-Lot being so great and we're, we're making the transition, <laughs> but it, it, I'm going to – I got to remember, is there, I, if there's a lot number or whatever associated with ours, well, there's a name to it and I can't remember, but I right, yeah, right I outside of Duke either. dog alley. And, and that lot. goes for any Bucknell fans that hear us come by. We'd, we'd love to show you some Harrisburg hospitality. Our producer on the other end, Chandler fortune says it's sea lot. So we'll, we'll just have to okay. have to remember that it'll, it'll take some time. Rename, but, exactly. rename the sound off lot. It's the sound. Yeah, it is yeah. now the official sound off lot. So to, to everyone heading to Harrisonburg, safe travels. Um, we hope to see many of you. If you, if you see us around, well, so at least some of us will be wearing our JMU sound off polos. Um, say hi. I uh, love to interact with people who have been so supportive of the show. And with that, we will wrap on this week's episode. Thanks again to Vad Lee, Annie, uh, as well as Brian McLaughlin. You made this show probably our best yet. Uh, and we're looking forward to having all of them join us in the future. Next week, we will have Greg Medea. Um, will help us recap our game against Bucknell and preview the week two 
uh, matchup against UVA that I know all of us are so excited for. So on behalf of Michael Evangelista, Steve Brown, and Taylor Atkins, that's it for another episode of JMU Soundoff. We'll talk to you after the Dukes game against Bucknell Sunday night at 8 p.m. here on JMU Soundoff. Go Dukes. Go Dukes.